The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Jagai, and joining me, as always, is contributor for Still Curtain, Shane Kubis. Uh, we got so much to talk about today, just so much unrolling uh, in these last couple of days. You're joining us live here. I apologize. I have some technical, technical difficulties uh, prior to this. It's always fun when something uh, uh, with your microphone gets jacked up. So we're yeah. here now. We're ready to go. The Steelers are coming off their third straight loss. We're going to talk about that Colts game. We're going to rehash things, talk about all the injuries uh, and suspensions uh, happening right now and, and how the Steelers are decimated. Uh, big topic for today. Should the Steelers uh, consider disciplinary action for George Pickens based on his performance that we've seen on the field that we're going to talk about here, uh, the lack of effort, uh, if you will, and also the comments towards the media. Uh, that's coming up soon. And I want to get you guys' take on that. I'm interested, interested to hear what Shane has to say on that. Um, we'll get to that in just a second for now. Let's start by talking about the Steelers news for this week. And we'll begin by uh, rehashing this loss to the Colts Shane. At first, it looked like things were kind of smooth sailing. Hey, Steelers are kind of back on track here. You get 13 points, uh, jump out to the, it, it was first 16 minutes of the game. I think Steelers were up yeah. 13 to nothing. Yeah. Things kind of seem to be going their way. And then all of a sudden the Colts got on a roll. Steelers couldn't move the ball on offense. Couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense. 30 to nothing run is what Indy went on by the end of the game. And that could have been more because there was a missed field goal in there as well as actually two missed field goals. One of them came early and the other one would have extended the, uh, to 33 unanswered points for the Steelers. Just a bad, bad game all around. Not the encouraging sign that fans were hoping to see this week. No. And it started off how a lot of our wins go, right? We get a, you know, short field and we go ahead on that missed field goal and get a touchdown out of it. We get a block punt that gets us the ball on the one yard line. It was still almost kind of messed that up, but we, we get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, whatever, but you get it done. Just 13, nothing, you know, Boz misses the extra point on one of those, which is weird for him, but it happens to everybody. So it's whatever. And then again, the Colts just figured out like, Hey, they can't guard the middle of the field, especially. And mm -hmm. their interior is weak right now because the linebackers aren't, aren't there to help out in the run game. The interior guys can only do so much against a really good offensive line. And they just manhandled us from that point on. Once that 13-0 start happened, pretty much from that point, like you said, it was a 30-0 run to finish the game. Minshew was really excellent for the most part all day. You know, didn't really put the ball in harm's way a ton. There was one pass that put his receiver in harm's way that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But mm -hmm. for the most part, he played excellent. The running backs, I mean, Trey Sermon came in and had, what, 88 yards, and he was a bust for the Niners, third-round pick. Like, our run yep. defense just cratered in the second half, especially that 14-play drive that was like 13 runs so like it it just it all fell apart like you said after that first quarter or so big story uh from this game uh was there just their utter lack of in, in, inability to stop the run is just 170 yards five yards of carry yeah. uh and again john no jonathan taylor no anthony richardson who can could have torn you up with his legs had Even he not zach moss got, goes out of this game right? yeah so. i yeah i know and so it's it just just nothing close to what you want to see and sadly it's only getting worse because we're going to talk about some of the players who are now out uh for the steelers here uh uh 
let's continue this discussion though, Shane, by uh, let's rehash any winners and losers from this game. I know it's going to be very, very minimal on the winner side of things here, but uh, what do you have for us? I mean, I guess TJ getting two sacks. I mean, I, th- I thought he played fine. Like it's TJ. He's going to mm-hmm. get his sometimes, but nobody on this team really showed up truly like the running backs were not that great. Warren should have had a touchdown and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but <clears throat> as well with George Pickens, his, his play on that, on that situation. But overall, like nobody really played up to the standard that even we're used to from them. Honestly, yeah. the offensive line, especially we, we could just kind of jump into losers. My goodness, mm-hmm. were they bad? Like, especially the edges, like, you know, Broderick, he's a rookie. I can give him some slack. Sometimes. Yeah. He's going to have bad games. And the, the Colts pass rush is very good. It's been very good this year. But for the other guys, like Cole, a mess. Dan Moore, we know he's not good. Like, just nobody showed up for this game. And it was a must-win game if they wanted to remain in the in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. For them to lose in this fashion, it, it's it's really just difficult to swallow, honestly. Yeah, so discouraging. And and you, you hit it already, Shane. It's like... The, the two-sack game from Waddy, I mean, splashing the first quarter. I thought what, ha, what was like the only player that was good in, yeah, in this game. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, there, there just wasn't a lot of positives to note, which is sadly has been the case for three straight weeks now. And we wonder when this is going to end. Uh, but we're going to get into some of the bigger storylines from this game and the results of that. And a couple of just really weird sequence of events, Shane, starting with uh, the DeMonte KZ hit on Michael Pittman looked really bad, looked really bad at the it time. Did. And uh, I, I voiced my opinion on Twitter. I took a lot of flack for it right at the beginning. And I, I, again, I'm watching this live. It looked bad to me at first. Go back and watch it. Didn't look as intentional. I watch it six, seven times through again. Uh, it's such a bang, bang play. But at the same time, it's like Pittman is, he is completely 100% full extension out there. And yes, I do agree with, Tom Brady's comments, if you haven't caught those yet, I mean, Gardner Minshew can't put him in that situation where hypothetically a defender can come in like KZ did and potentially end his career. Like that is a career ending type of hit that he sustained there. Um, It wasn't as bad as it looked initially because Casey was able, uh, Casey was able to get his head out of the way. I I don't think the intention at all um, watching it again, was he was he was trying to hurt the receiver? Obviously, he was trying to dislodge the ball, and you got to you got to be able to play defense in some way against that. He gets thrown out of the game. It wasn't surprising to me to see him at all get thrown out of the game because of the just the awkwardness of that play and going to the head and neck area, even if you didn't make helmet to helmet contact. But I was a little bit surprised to see the KZ has now been suspended for the rest of the year, and if the Steelers make the playoffs, which they probably won't. Uh, he's going to be suspended for the playoffs as well. And so big punishment they dishing out right here. I know this is the fifth time uh, that KZ has had been fined. I think he appealed four of the five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's worth noting there. But what do you make of the season-long suspension for KZ? Was that justified by the league? So real quick, I just want to throw this comment out there uh, from Matt here. Thank- What's up, guys? Tough showing in Indy. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. It certainly was a tough showing. Um, we'll be diving oh, yeah. more into that right now. But as far as KZ goes, so I, I've I do obviously some other shows throughout the week, and I did one on Monday, and we talked about it a little bit. I think the problem with this is that obviously we'll start with the the play itself. So the flag totally makes sense. The play looked really really mm-hmm. t- tough to watch on first glance. Totally like textbook. It's going to be a flag. It sucks. It is what it is. This is the throwing him out of the game. 
again, on first viewing, I would understand that. Second viewing, I don't know as much about that, but still, I get it. It happens, whatever. For the NFL to come back from this play and decide mm-hmm. that Casey needs to sit the rest of the year, to me, it sets the precedent that if you're a safety in the NFL and a quarterback throws a hospital ball, if they throw a pass that makes the receiver not only defenseless but also have to fully extend and fall to the ground without being able to control themselves because they're in midair – you should just let them catch the pass. Like that's that's what the NFL is saying by doing this. Yeah, that safeties enjoy. need to play the ball in a way where if they can't only play the ball or if they cannot safely hit the receiver and they know they can only safely hit them, then they should just allow the catch. And I'm telling you, if that's the case, it's going to be really hard, more hard harder than it already is to play pass defense in the NFL if, if receivers and quarterbacks mm-hmm. can get away with putting themselves in really bad spots. I am all for player safety. I've been on this train since the concussion lawsuits. I've been on the train since I was younger and understood how these hits could affect players. Mm-hmm. Before this was ever a thing where they were talking about concussions, like everybody should just like it makes sense that concussions would be happening in a sport like football. But the the problem with it is the NFL needs to come out and tell them exactly what they should be doing. No more of this. Yeah. Well, you know, this hits bad. This hits not. Like come out and say one of two things. Either this play, if it's a situation where the quarterback throws a hospital ball, you're not going to be suspended. You're probably going to get flagged if it's a bad hit, but we're not going to suspend you. It's a bang-bang thing. It, it is what it is. Or mm-hmm. they need to, as a league, be willing to come out and say, hey, we don't want you to hit the guys on these plays anymore. We want you to allow them yeah. to make the catch and give your defense a bad position. That it has to be one of those two for me. Yeah, and Shane, it was a bone-rattling hit, no doubt. And, and we're so, so, so – Thankful that uh, Pittman was able to get back yes. up after something yes. like that. That's the biggest sure. thing here it that, that he's is. all right because we've seen Shazier's injury or career get ended by a, a, a tackle that he made that didn't look as, as as jolting as what that did. And so, yeah. but I but you're exactly right. Like I wish the ex, the NFL would offer an explanation. Say this is how you're supposed. This is the alternative to this. What is the alternative to this? Like the guy was parallel with the ground, so I don't know. What do you do in that situation short of letting him catch the ball down the yeah. field if, if he's able to control it? So. And I've heard people say, like, oh, he should have played the ball. I'm like, how do you play the ball in that spot? Where's Where, where do you have to hit him to hit the ball and not him? He's on the ground. Yeah, like it's true it, because it, there still would have been a collision and, and potentially more serious it could uh, have been. collision because if you're playing the ball that's, again, that low at that point. Even lower with respect than to the ground. Was, yeah. You're sliding down and you could you collide heads. And, I mean, it, it's – yeah, you don't know. I mean, it's it's such again, it's it's such a bang bang play, and the fact that it wasn't just completely missing with the head, the, the season long suspension seems a little bit harsh. That, that's the thing I can't get past is like I understand the penalty in the moment because of how bad it looked. On second viewing, I still understand because by the rule, he still did hit him mm-hmm. in the head. He was considered defenseless, even though he was able to get his head out of the way. Thankfully, because it means that you know both of them probably came out of it better than they should have, right? Like Casey ended up doing, I think, the best job that he pretty much could. But if this yeah. is going to be a precedent where if guys have hits like this, which are going to happen in the sport, because quarterbacks they'll they'll miss, and receivers if they're like Pittman who are six four and athletic, they can go up and get them anyway. There's going to be collisions mm-hmm. like this, and you know it sucks. Yeah. It really does. I don't want to see guys get into these spots. But if you're going to penalize the defense continuously like this, if you're going to put them in a spot where they have to decide, okay, do I risk not playing for a few games or do I risk letting this mm-hmm. catch up and my coach telling me 
that I'm soft. I need to get off the field. Like it, guys can lose jobs for this type of stuff before being suspended yeah. or for letting catches happen. Like if he's going to let catches mm-hmm. like that happen, what's the point of him being out there? What's the point of the safety play being like, it's just, it's so hard for defenders. And I, I feel bad for them in a lot of cases because what the league is trying to do is correct how they're doing it. And the explanations they're giving is where I have an issue with it. That's ultimately what it's mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Just such a tough spot for Casey to be in there yeah. because I, I just don't think there is a good, I don't think there's a win anywhere. I don't think no. there's a good answer. And I don't so, think there's anything he uh, could have done that would have made the league. Happen. No, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't think that Casey is a dirty player. I know he's had a couple of hits that were fine this year. He likes but, to hit. He likes uh, to hit. He likes to hit. And I, I like that about yeah, him. I mean, I miss that. that. Yeah. I, I miss to. that the the Ryan Clark uh, type hits, <laughs> yeah. the stuff that we don't see anymore because of this exact reason. They just right. they're taking it out of the game. So Pittman, great effort by Pittman there. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about a receiver on the Steelers who not so great effort here <laughs> in just a little bit. So that 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 might raise a little bit of controversy uh, with our listeners here. But uh, let's first talk about Minka going out of this game. Just a few plays later, we talked about that sequence yeah. of plays. Uh, I don't know if it was the, the play after a couple of plays. I've seen. Was, I, I know it was drive. that same drive. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Minka plays the ball really well on an, a, a pass that was was thrown low and away from him, able to get over there. But then I think it was Patrick Peterson just kind of rolled up uh, on his knee right there, and it doesn't look good. Shane it doesn't look good, and I, I there there hasn't been a full explanation it, that I'm aware of right now. Uh, but it's a potentially serious knee injury, and he's already been ruled out for this game. Um, if it's if it's something to the tune of a sprain or something, even three games left of the season, I mean, he's probably shut down. I just don't know if there's any sense of risking him to come back, especially if the Steelers lose this game to the Bengals. So a big loss. And the reason why it's so big is it's not just, just because it's, it's Minka Fitzpatrick, but the Steelers could be without five safeties this week, Shane. Five safeties. Uh, Minka is, is already been ruled out. DeMonte KZ suspended for the rest of the year. Keanu Neal is still on IR. Uh, Elijah Riley is on IR with an ankle injury. Trenton Thompson did not practice yesterday with a neck injury. And I mean, my goodness, you could be down to Miles Killebrew at safety. And, and I just don't know. There is no answer. I mean, there is no answer right now. You, you could go pick up a guy for the street. You could, you could promote guys from the practice squad. I know they have a, uh, uh, Drawing a blank on the name here. Well, I know right now um, Eric Rowe and Patrick Eric, Eric Rowe. have been playing safety in practice, so I think it's going to be yes. Too. So, <laughs> so your your answer is I'm going to elevate guys that haven't played football since last year, and we're going to deploy them this week in a must win game. Like this, the answer here is just as bad as the answer that that KZ had on that play. Like there is none, and so uh, I don't know how the Steelers are, are going to be able to even just have the right communication in the secondary, let alone. Uh, feeling the right coverages because you're so decimated right now. You're so decimated. If you want to talk about the middle of the field as a whole, in addition to those five safeties that are injured, you're you've obviously been without Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander since uh, week nine and ten of this season. And so, I, if I'm if I'm Jake Browning right now, I got a bullseye right right in the middle and deep of the field. I'm like, this is where I'm going because I don't trust any of these guys in the Steelers to be able to cover. Yeah, it, like Eric Rose, a veteran, he's he's been a solid player everywhere he's been, but there's a reason why he was on our practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterson is going to probably play a lot of safety, which is probably best for him anyway at this point. But again, if you're asking to do it in the middle of the season or really the end of the season instead of throughout the year. Like it's it's just not a good position to be in, right? And again, you talk about Jake Browning. Like he's played so much better since the Steelers game 
for them. And, yeah. and obviously a lot of it is the offensive talent and everything else, but he's, he's been willing. And, and I think this is the key for a player like him is he's been willing to give his receivers chances, right? He understands the talent he's playing around. He's like, you know, I'm just going to let it rip. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it, it's been working for them. Right. And obviously they're giving a lot of easy stuff too. And it's, and it's working, but the problem is the easy stuff is going to work against this defense right now because it's going to be over mm-hmm. the field, short, they can run. Like we saw who, who was DJ Montgomery, I think his name is for the Colts, just waltzed into the end zone on a like, mm-hmm. crossing route. It was like two yards deep. Like it's just there's no one to stop that right now. And it, it's it's going to hurt even worse this week if all these guys are out. I mean, if Thompson's healthy enough to play, that's great because at least he's played good for the most part since coming in. But you're right, like the middle of the field mm-hmm. is just a blaring bullseye for this for the offense for the Bengals right now yeah we're gonna get to that uh at the end of the show today Shane and I we have our predictions for Steelers yeah. versus Bengals this week obviously a do or die game uh that will send the Steelers packing and uh essentially eliminate them uh from playoff contention this year uh, if you guys are joining us here in the live chat and you have yes. any questions or any things you want to talk about please drop them in Shane and I would love to get to those uh, one more thing uh, about the news here this week Kenny Pickett is at practice and in fact he practiced limitedly Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, but it does sound like Rudolph is expected to start, barring um, some significant change uh, over these next two days of practice. Here, what do you make of the decision to turn to Rudolph? I know, like things were so bad in that game with Trubisky. I don't know where to start. It's been two straight games of that, two and a half really. Go back to the Cardinals game, uh, decision making, accuracy down the field, the decision to whip the ball a YOLO ball on fourth and two where you had to move the chain <laughs> to give yourself a chance. We talked about that one on, on the, the last show, I believe. Um, so it's just all that kind of stuff was just wild. So in that, that, that play came two weeks ago. Now I'm getting all miscombobulated. It's the, it was the uh, Patriots that, game. Yeah. That was the Patriots game. See, they, the, these performances are so black, so bad. They just kind of blend. Yeah. They're all blended bad together players, with me. Like so this yeah. week, excuse me, this week was, Trubisky gets benched for Mason Rudolph in the final two minutes of the game. Obviously, Mason can't come back. No, there's nothing. And, and I think that was game. just to send a message. To so it, I think it was. And, and once it. you bench, I mean, you're not going back. And so yeah. we knew that uh, Rudolph would be named the starter this week, barring something short of a miracle for, for Kenny Pickett coming back here. What do you make of the decision to go to Mason Rudolph? I mean, is it just a little too too late at this point? Is it going to make a difference? Again, we talked about this before, and I talked about it, I think, before you came back. Uh, from your leave there but Mason should have been the starter from the get-go once Kenny went out because again the goal of this offense at this point oftentimes is not to score a lot of points or put up a lot of yards is to not give the ball to the to the other team of the quarterbacks on the roster at the time that Kenny went down who I was the most likely who I felt was most likely to not do that two or three times a game was Mason Rudolph you can argue whether who's an actual better player. I don't really think it matters that much. I think they're different players at this point in their careers. Mason knows that he is a backup quarterback. He, his job is to not give the football away. It's to try to move the offense, just take what he's given. I don't think he's going to do too much. And that's what Mitch's problem was. In an offense mm-hmm. that is this bad, you cannot afford to put too much dip on your chip. Okay. Like you can't, you mm-hmm. cannot try this stuff that, yeah, he's physically capable of trying to do. But again, the big plays, they're great if you can get them, obviously. This offense doesn't get them. You they do they're not manufactured, they're not there usually, and he can't hit them when they are. I mean, even the Deontay play, we talked about the fourth and two. He was there was a throw to make there. He missed it. It's it's just mm-hmm. he's not good enough to play the way he was with the reckless abandon 
and get away with it when the offense doesn't score points, even when he plays okay. Mm-hmm. Like he has to play just really good to actually get any points, let alone 20 plus. Whereas I think Mason, he's just going to take what he's given. I think he's going to play closer to what Kenny does, which we've, we've been frustrated by, but it worked well enough. I mean, the guy's seven and two this year when he finishes games, like it's worked. It's a little different now that the defense literally doesn't have anybody from like the tackle box forward, but like, you know, it's it's still mm-hmm. the best way for us to try to survive in games. It is probably too late, though. You mentioned that. I do think it's too late. I think Mason should have been the starter from from as soon as Kenny mm-hmm. went down. I understood that the Cardinals game, he wasn't the backup, so you had to put Trubisky in. But once you saw what Trubisky's done this year in the Jacksonville game and in, in the limited time in the Cardinals yeah. game, he wasn't doing anything for you. Like, give a guy who honestly hasn't has kind of gotten disrespected a little bit, not that he's this great quarterback, but like, I felt like even in camp this year, and I know you went to camp, and I got to see some of the some of the film from camp. Like, he just looked better as a quarterback. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it comes down to. And I think in a, in a backup, especially if you're not going to have the high end backup that actually is like a true starter potential type guy, like a Jacoby Brissett, guys like that, mm-hmm. getting a guy who at least can manage the game a little bit better. That was probably who should have been again in the in the game the last few weeks with Mason. Yeah, and, and I think. Honestly, Shane, I, I know a lot of people were Trubisky believers, but I truly believe that uh, Trubisky is kind of getting by this point based on his past reputation yes. as the second overall pick. I mean, you cannot convince me that that doesn't matter. Like your past draft status, no. it's it'll stay with you for a long time. It's why Artie Burns got another chance and Devin, and Devin Bush. And so uh, it, these guys get second chances when you are high draft picks. If you play as bad as you do at times uh, and you're not the high draft status and sometimes teams would be done with you already and I, th- I think that I, I said before this that he should have been the third string quarterback this is way more of an indictment on Mitch Trubisky than it is an endorsement of Ken of, of Mason Rudolph I'm not endorsing yes. Mason Rudolph right uh, to be he's right. he's the guy he's gonna he's the guy that's gonna lead us he's not that okay no. we've seen enough of him as well it just happens to be that he's the lesser of two evils that's but in that right. game Shane just just like everything was a fadeaway jump shot like his mechanics were bad just like I don't know what he's doing, just airmailing passes, but it was well overdue for that change. I was in support of the change, uh, but by week uh, 14 against the Patriots, I wanted the change to occur. Yeah, and it it didn't happen then. It's happening now, uh, and it's going to be all on the shoulders shoulders of Mason Rudolph to save the Steelers' season. Which that's going to be interesting to watch. If nothing else, I'm more excited to watch him. If I am excited at all, so there's that. <laughs> Spring is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? 
It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Anything else that you wanted to touch on there? No, other than the fact that Kenny might right. be ready to play the week after based on his practice this week. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see him this one, something maybe, to play for. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we'll see him. So I know. And, and honestly, like we said, we talked about this, I think, last time. But if Pickett is healthy and ready to go, I want to see him these yeah, last two games. Even too. if the Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs, I want to see it. the guy. I think I know. I think I know my answer already, but I want the Steelers to know their answer. And so I think it's important that he gets back out there. All right, the Still Curtain podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new sleeper daily fantasy user. Make sure you download or make sure you use the code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive the deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. All right, Shane, let's move on here and we're going to touch on a very controversial topic and one that has a, a lot of Steward Nation in an uproar right now. <laughs> Yeah. And if you didn't catch it live, you certainly probably, I don't know, that's that's a kind of an oxymoron. Uh, it, you, you probably have seen it since then. If you haven't been on social media because the Steelers stink and, yeah, and yeah, you don't want to do interest, yeah, then let us it. catch you up on, on what happened. So Jalen Warren had a run, undoubtedly going for a touchdown. Yeah. And there's videos that have gone viral uh, on Twitter right now that George Pickens just completely – gave up on a block just zero effort his man he had one guy to block literally straight in front of him and warren was one yard away from the end zone just the guy completely slips the block because pickens didn't care at all warren gets tackled at the one yard line they go on a score anyway but it's it's besides the point the lack of effort here was disgraceful he's been called out by peter king and mike golick many in steelers media and then on top of that, after this disgustingly poor display of effort, Shane, he goes and talks to the Steelers media, and he does not own any of the blame for this at all. In fact, he justifies this. So instead of instead of saying, yes, I was in the wrong there, I should have blocked, Warren should have scored, that's my bad, I cost him a touchdown, nothing like that, nothing that resembled that in any way. What he did say was, yeah, I want to get an injury. It was essentially his words. I'm paraphrasing. It was something along those lines. And he referred to Tank Dell mm -hmm. in the injury that he suffered while blocking uh, near in a similar situation. But he was Dell was more in line. Somebody yeah. rolled up on his leg. So, first of all, the two I don't think are very comparable. No. Secondly, if you were to just block your guy and take care of him and push him into the end zone, you don't have to worry about who's coming up behind you. Just move the guy in front of you. And so. I want to share my thoughts on this. I want to rant on it a little bit, Shane, but I do want to pose the question. I think that it's warranted. We have seen players in this league be suspended by the team, a team decision for far less than what Pickens has done. Not just this week. This is not his first offense with a lack of effort. This is not his first offense with bad body language. You can go on and on multiple times throughout the course of the season. But I want to hear what you have to say about should this team bench him for a half for the full game whatever you want to whatever you're thinking here what disciplinary action if any needs to occur in this situation so i know you're gonna have a lot to say so i'll try not to take as much time but i think 
the first thing I want to mention is that he's not the this is not the only thing he said to the media. He made comments about how like the media members shouldn't get to say anything because they don't play football, Mm -hmm. which is echoed similarly to uh, a former Steelers player uh, who got really uh, big on Twitter this week for saying some interesting things Mm -hmm. about. uh, We'll we'll just yeah, I'm not even gonna get into it. Um, Everybody knows what I'm talking (laughs) about. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Um, But he said stuff about that. He said that like Tomlin said he had a conversation with him, but then Pickens said he didn't have a conversation with him. He, he, it's like he doesn't know what's happening around him. Like they, you could ask mm-hmm. him about a play and he'll be like, I don't remember that play. Even though he was on the field when it happened. Like he seems so just checked out mentally and not even in like a, like, Oh, he doesn't want to do it. He just can't. Like, it's like, he doesn't remember anything that happens around him. It's so weird. But to just with the, as far as the, whether he should be suspended or benched or whatever by the team, my problem with it is not so much that I think he shouldn't, because obviously I think he should. I think it's something that a lot of players have had to deal with and a lot of players have benefited from. I legitimately believe if the Steelers went to him and said, hey, we're going to sit you down for a quarter, a half, a full game, whatever, you need to understand that this is a team, all this other stuff. I legitimately think he will just say that he's he'd rather just not play the rest of the year. I think he's that type of person who mm-hmm. getting benched, would not benefit him. It would just make him check out even more, go to the media, complain about it, create more of an issue, all that stuff. I legitimately think that about him, and it really sucks because he's such a talented player. He's a gifted athlete. He's made spectacular plays for this team. He was on a 1,000-yard pace at one point this year despite the fact that the offense isn't good. Like Everything about him as a player Mm -hmm. in terms of just playing receiver, minus the effort issue at times, obviously, but like he is so talented. But again – it's just not working right now. And and I would love to bench him. I think if that, if that would benefit him, I think that'd be a really good option for them to do right now. But if they don't bench him, it does just continue to allow him to get away with this stuff. So it's like, what is the actual answer? I really don't know for a player like this. Because again, I really see yeah. the scenario playing out where, okay, fine, you want to bench me? I'm going to go on Instagram and like all sorts of stuff that says the Steelers suck. I'm going to go on and do this. I'm going to say stuff to the media. I'm going to, when I do come back and play, I'm going to give zero effort now. You think I wasn't giving effort before? I'm really not giving effort now. Like mm-hmm. that's, I legitimately believe that's what he will do. Yeah. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about his mindset right now, I really don't know what else to tell you. Like I want to defend mm-hmm. him as a player because he's he is very good, but at some point he has to decide what type of player does he want to be, what type type of teammate does he want to be? Because if he's only going to be happy if you give him the football, and they should give him the football. I'm mm-hmm. not, like that's the part of the problem. It's like he is frustrated for a reason. It's not like he is frustrated just because he is frustrated. Like there is reason for him to be frustrated. But the best players in the sport, when this is happening to them, they at least are not. They don't stop trying. They don't stop playing. Mm-hmm. They don't stop doing the things that they're supposed to do. They they might deal with it internally. They might say something about it to the media or something like that, but they're not going to just suddenly stop giving the effort that we know he can. He, one of the, the best things about him is college tape is him just bench pressing corners into the ground because he loves doing it. Like That type of stuff hasn't been happening this year because he's not getting the football. And if the only way to get him to play hard is give him the football, mm-hmm. then great. I guess you should try to feed him the football. It's probably the best course of action on the field right now. But long-term, I really don't know the solutions mm-hmm. to this issue. Yeah, Shane, you talked about it. I, I think that there's a chance that if you bench him, he could just get sent into a tizzy, spiral out of, <laughs> out of control here. Right. Because we have seen – I mean – I think, Shane, I think he is the worst player I have seen in the NFL in quite some time 
when it comes to hiding their body language, yes. hiding your emotional status. Z and how zero finesse. There's that. zero ability to do that at all. Like you can tell, you, you almost, you can almost read his mind yeah. by seeing how he responds in his body language on and off the field when he's on the sidelines, when he's on the field. And I think that there's potential there, yes, where he could say, don't play me the rest of the year or say, I'm done with this team, whatever it is. Now, again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but this is going off of two years of right. evidence now. Right. This is what I and going back to Georgia. You remember, yeah. right? There were teams that had pickings off of their draft board prior to the draft as talented as he was, which is one of the, one of the most talented receivers that year. And you can see when the talent does show up, but if this lack of effort continues like this, you can't go on with it. And so what would my response be Shane? I would absolutely 100% bench him before you lose the locker room and right. lose the respect That's of players I mean. like TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward, the only leaders you have left on this team. So unless Tomlin wants to get run out by his own leaders, I, I, I'm truly, I think that this is so important to set the precedent right now to say, you cannot show up. We can, we're not going to put you on the field when we could have had um, a, somebody else out there in that position that blocks for that touchdown. But again, this is not, it's not just a one incident thing, Shane, this is death by a thousand cuts. This is far from the first time that we've seen a lack of effort issue. If you go put on the all 22 tape, there are countless times where Pickens is just taking off his route. Like he's just not running hard. And, and again, I, I I'm judging his effort based on what I see on film. I would imagine it's effort. I don't think that it's the 22 year old guy in the best shape of his life. It's because he's tired. So I'm, I'm, I'm judging there. I'm making a judgment call to say that, yes, I've seen a lot of accounts of a lack of effort on Pickens's part. Uh, and just the, the, the player first mentality over the team first, it is not what you want. It's not what you want on your squad. And so that brings us to this next question here, Shane, that if the Steelers go as far to bench Pickens, if, if we think there should be disciplinary action or whether we do or don't, whether Tomlin goes through with it or if he doesn't, what should you do with him this offseason? I mean, he's halfway through his rookie contract. He's flashed phenomenally at times. He's been productive in the first of it, in, in each of his first two years. You could theoretically get solid draft capital out of him, uh, a la Chase Claypool. I mean, he's a better player than Chase for sure. Is somebody willing to take on that? Because I would argue, I would argue, Shane, that the potential character issues could be worse than what we saw with Chase Claypool. And, and I would love to hear an argument and rebuttal against that, but Claypool didn't do nearly as much in his time in Pittsburgh as what Pickens has done right now. And so it makes you wonder, can this player be part of the future in Pittsburgh? I really think this is a culture setting move. What are you going to deal with moving forward? Are you going to deal with guys that get, can get their own way like George Pickens? Or are you going to say, Hey, we're going to start valuing the Heinz Warden types again. Like I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to get a guy that's not as athletic, not as not, doesn't make as, as spectacular catches, but a guy who will work his butt off out there. The Jalen Warren types, if you will, the guys that come from nothing, the, the, the guys that were, that were low recruits, the Jalen Warrens, the Alex Highsmith, those are the guys that you can say, I can win with these guys too. And so it, it's talent is so much of the game, but at some point you have to say is what we're getting out of this guy. Is the headache of it worth it? And Shane, I want to ask you, do you think the Steelers should trade Pickens in the 2024 offseason? Again, I think this kind of goes back to the decision you make right now, because in my opinion, if the Steelers do bench him for, especially if it's even just one game, but the rest of the year, if he tries to tell you, just don't play him then. 
you're not going to get much for him if you try to trade him. I, I legitimately think that if they bench him for what he's doing, which is justifiable, I think the rest of the league will look at it and go, yeah, mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. His tank, his trade value tanks because his yeah. teams know like, okay, you had to, you literally had to bench him just to try to get him out of whatever it is that he's dealing with or whatever it is that his mindset is. That's going to really crunch his, his value down. And I think mm-hmm. if you can't get comparable ish draft capital to what you spent on him as a second round pick, it's it's it obviously you might get to a point where they just have to get rid of them, right? And if that's the case, then fine. I think if it's that bad going into the offseason or the rest of this year, then getting anything for him is a win, right? But mm-hmm. I would not I would hate to see a player this talented go out the door for like a fifth round pick, right? Like it, it just it yeah. would make me feel bad as much as it might still be their best move. And that's part of why I think maybe to bridge the gap, I think maybe what the Steelers should do is going into this game. Tomlin has to go to, to Pickens and explain to him, listen, I'm going to give you the first quarter. You have to show me 100% effort. You have to run out every route that you run. You know Whether it's a decoy route, whether it's whatever, I want to see you run hard through everything. I want to see you block hard on the run plays. I'm going to run the ball your way sometimes, and I want you to block the corner, whoever it is your responsibility mm-hmm. is. And if you give me full effort that first quarter, we're going to throw you the ball. We're going to try to get you the ball too because we need to, to, to score points. If you give me that full effort, we, we can have – like you can stay in this game. If I see any of the stuff that's been happening on the field the past few games, your day is over. I think that might be the best way to, to kind of try mm-hmm. to get him out of whatever it is that's making him play like this and act like this is give him an ultimatum essentially of like, I want you to mm-hmm. succeed here. I want you to be a 100-catch, 1,500-yard guy. Like I want that for you. You're talented enough. You have to go out there and show me that you're willing to put the effort in to do that. And if he doesn't, then he he tells you his answer that he doesn't want to be that type of player. He doesn't want to be that that level of player. And you can sit him down and you can move on from this offseason. And I think that might be the best course of action for them to do. And then trading him in the offseason, if you can get something comparable to his draft capital, I do think it's probably worth just getting out of it because I don't know what's going to happen this offseason. We don't know mm-hmm. how the coaching is going to change. We don't know what the philosophy is going to be on offense with the new coordinator, whoever it ends up being. Like, we just don't know any of that right now. And for, for him to go into a situation like that where, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator comes in and says, hey, you're a really good player, but I think you're really more of like a specialist. And we're just going to try to get you the ball sometimes in these situations. Mm-hmm. His top will pop off. Like, it'll it'll blow up. So it's it's really, they really have to be ready to make a big decision on this, though, for sure, whether they trade him or not. Yeah, and going back to that decision, even this week, like it's it, it's going to be bad both ways potentially because you could lose your locker room over it by saying this is what's tolerated. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna allow this to continue again. So, or like you said, he could sabotage his trade value. He could pout the rest of the time and and show even a worse effort when he's out there these last three games if they decide to put him out there or if they bench him. Either way, I mean, it's a bad look to other teams that are potentially interested if Steelers go it and bench him for the final three games of the season. Uh, if they bench him one game at all, and he still comes back in, doesn't have the same effort. The only way that I can see this working out uh, for the team's sake for the benching is if he is benched and he does take it as a wake-up call right. instead, and he comes out there and works his butt off. That's the but best Like you said. Yeah, I just don't see it. it <laughs> And there's so much evidence that we shouldn't expect that to happen this way either. We have two years now of George Pickens. We've seen a lot of the pouting. We've seen uh, uh, the the, the sideline arguing. 
um, the lack of effort, the lack of route running on, on plays that aren't, aren't designed to go to him and, and just, just the sheer giving up on the team. And it seems like, it honestly seems like Shane, there are times Pickett only tries and only gives that effort when the ball is in the air coming his direction. And, and at other times it seems like he's checked out of the game because if it's not involving him, he doesn't care that much. And so I hate that this is the case. Yeah, me too. I was a big George Pickens fan. At uh, at Georgia, even though I did have my questions with him back then, but he was just so talented. Like I remember the, watching the guy as a freshman, thinking <laughs> this guy is like 17 years old doing this. Like this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, but and, and I was will I was willing to take the gamble in the second round. I had him as the 32nd overall player on my board. The Steelers got him like 20 spots after that. I think he was 50 so I, pick, yeah, yeah. So I, I love the value there, and I was definitely willing to gamble, even though I said at the time there are things about the character that concerns me here. And that's never been more true than it is right now. I still think I would bench him for this game. I would hope that he takes it as a wake-up call. And I would risk, I, I think for the sake of not losing the rest of your team, I think I would probably risk potential damage to his trade value this offseason uh, just because there isn't, again, it's kind of like the Casey thing. There's no good answer here. There's no good answer. There's not one thing that's cut and dry. I, I do think, though, the right thing to do, if there's a right and wrong it's you can't set this precedent. You cannot right. allow this to continue. And so I would bench it and I would live with the consequences after of potentially saying, yeah, nobody's giving a second round pick for you anymore. You're a fourth rounder now or whatever it ends up being. You you might honestly, and I know that fans don't want to hear this. You might honestly have to get this guy off of your roster in the off season. Just, it seems to be trending that direction. And I think half the Steelers media is already there, especially the ones that have uh, the, the beat writers that have talked to him and just see his attitude towards mm -hmm. them. And so, um, that that's becoming very, very clear at this point. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's the way it is. If you have any thoughts on that, uh, please chime in. I'd like to hear uh, what you guys have to say about that. All right. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you just like to support the Steel Curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the Steel Curtain podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all of your support. All right, Shane, uh, anything else you want to add before we get into this? Yeah, we do have a couple couple chats here. So uh, Matt, again, has a couple more comments here. Uh, do we have any leaders on offense that can help with the picking situation who can step in and right the ship? Um, offensively, unfortunately, this is a very young team, right? The the it's most hard, veteran yeah. guy is probably what, Allen Robinson, I think, at this point. Be... Robinson and Siumalu, and they're both right. new. So it's, right, it's hard new. to be yeah. in that position. And I, I think you'd love Kenny to do it. If, if Obviously, he's hurt, but I think he could still do that. And I think that Kenny obviously likes throwing to him and they have that connection on like the back shoulder stuff. And I wonder mm -hmm. part of the reason why he's so frustrated is because Kenny's not in there. Cause I think Kenny was able to manage him a little bit more, but again, like leaders on offense, we like, we, I would have loved Najee to be that guy. I think he's just so, he's just so devastated by what's happening. Like, I think you can tell yeah. that just so like, and it, it, part of it, I understand, but also it's just like, I'd like him to, to be more of that leader type than, than he's been this year. It, and on offense, it's because of the way we play the team. It's just not really there, I don't think, right? Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's a young offense minus just a, a, a two guys essentially, um, and then you've got a quarterback that I'm not sure if the rest of the team can get behind now in Kenny Pickett when he's healthy. I do think that Pickett has those leadership qualities, but if he's, if he's not pairing the qualities of leadership with results on the field, it's right. going to be hard to get behind that as well. And so I do think that they're a lack, uh, they're, they're at a, a great lack of leadership on offense right now. I know that uh, like James Daniels, very smart guy, very yes. well-spoken. Um, I think that he could potentially be one of those guys. You'd hope so. Uh, yeah. but, but right now though, 
I, to me, what it seems like, and again, I'm not, I'm not in the facility. Right. Uh, this is just me doing this from the outside, looking in full time. And it, it looks like to me, like TJ Watt, Minka Hayward, like those yes, are those the three. three. Al, those Alex Highsmith's going to step up into yeah. there as well. I, I believe so. too, a little bit, yeah. a, a little bit uh, more inexperienced than these guys, but like, those are your three leaders of this team essentially. And then what, after that, it's like, you need more guys to step up into those leadership roles. For sure, that's been an issue. For sure, it's been an issue with the coaching staff. And so uh, that is something that will definitely need to be addressed. And then uh, what do you guys think of Tom and electing to punt instead of Basel kicking? I think it was a 56 <laughs> or 7, but still uh, yarder in the game. Um, his explanation tells you all you need to know. He didn't have faith in his team. He didn't have faith yeah. in anybody to do anything. And to a certain degree, I kind of agree with that. However... Boswell is one of the best kickers from 50 ever. Definitely in Steelers history, one of the best ever. For him not to be given a shot there is it really feels like Tom was trying to send the message like you guys don't deserve for me to, to attempt something like this because I know if I miss you, you're just going to give up a touchdown. Like that's what if that's what it felt like yeah. he was trying to say. And again, is he right? Probably. Is that the right decision to do in a game that's a must win? Absolutely not. So it's it's kind of both sides of the same coin. Like, yeah, it was what he was doing makes makes sense if you look at the on field product, but that's not a winning play to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt, good question. This was a cowardice move. It, it really was. was. Yeah, I mean, was you've got a kicker. I don't want to do this right now. He he's missed two field goals in the entire year. Yeah. And, one, and and honestly, it would have been one miss because he drilled a 56 yard drilled it this yeah, year the, the uh back in week yeah. seven i can't remember what uh, jaguars game it was maybe. a jaguars game Dr yeah. dr drilled the field goal and then the steelers got a a penalty five yard penalty backed him up missed the 61 yarder and so right. he really should be kicking like 96 percent right now yeah it's, it's at 92 insane. it's insane and you're telling me that 92 in a dome <laughs> we're, we're in a dome here give chris boswell one of the better kickers in the league uh, probably the top two or three player in your roster right now a chance yeah. to do yeah. this that's a better chance than any i mean yeah your, your yeah, defense yeah. isn't good your offense isn't good you might as well trust your kicker who's one of the best players on your team <sighs> yeah. i think it was a cowardice move i don't think it would have made the difference in the game obviously no, no uh, but it just showed it showed the coaching right there to say this is why tomlin is 32nd in the league when it comes to going on at fourth down when it comes to aggressiveness overall you measure aggressiveness he is bad at it so uh yeah i agree there um Anything else you want to get to? And we'll talk about yeah, the Steelers Bengals no, game. We'll All right, Shane, let's let's preview this matchup here. Uh, the Bengals are hot and the Steelers are not. I mean, that's that's basically all yeah, there is to yeah. it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati has won uh three of their last four games with Jake Browning at quarterback. Surprisingly, that one loss is to the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they only mustered up 10 points in a 10 mm -hmm. to 16 loss. Uh, but they've been really good since then. In fact, I would go as far to say that Jake Browning has been red hot. Like he has been Joe Burrow light. That's the, that's the, the, the word I used to, de to describe him here when I just had a Q and a, uh, with Lee of stripe hype. And so I think that he really is. I mean, he is a player that is grossly outperforming expectations where I feel like Mitch Trubisky as a backup has fallen way short of his backup expectations being like the most expensive backup in the league. And so it's been the polar opposite stories there. And they're showing that not only can they win with him, this Bengals team can absolutely make the playoffs with their backup quarterback, and they're in the driver's seat to do so. They're the sixth seed right now. Uh, and so when we look at the odds, starting with the odds of this game, it is not surprised to see the Steelers are home underdogs. Shane, if they lose this home game, they will have a losing record at home, and that would be the first time since oh, – do you remember what the – I saw it the other day. I forgot. 
it, it was it was quite some time and, and oh, i had the, i had the stat in my head it's escaping me right now uh you can look that up later if you want to see it but it's been a long time it's been a yeah. long time since steelers have had a losing record at home most teams are obviously better at home than they are away uh and then the steelers just coupling that with the fact that they've never had a losing record under tomlin is pretty bizarre that uh you get kind of just this hammered on all at once like this and so they Bengals could t- potentially make that happen to the Steelers. They could shatter their playoff hopes. I mean, seven and eight. I think we're looking at this time next week in the show. You get that E next to their name, they'll be eliminated because there are just yeah. too many teams in that race right now. So obviously, it, it does bar some of the things that are going to happen this weekend around the league. Like if everybody pulls up a dud in the AFC right now, that are all like tied, like in that bunch of like six teams right there, then potentially they could still stay alive. They'd have to win their last two games. And then you would need like a butt ton of tiebreakers probably after week 18 uh, when it's all said and done to even give yourself a chance. But I'm pretty, pretty stinking sure they'll be eliminated uh, if you lose this game right here. And so everything is riding on this. It's on the, again, on the shoulders of Mason Rudolph. Um, Is this two point line fair for the Steelers considering they haven't scored more than 19 points in five games, Shane, should it even be a two point line? Should Stewart be bigger underdogs than this? Yeah, I would have. I would have honestly been okay if they gave us like a four point, five point underdog line. Like, I maybe they're hoping that the Mason Rudolph change just makes it so we don't turn the ball over as many times. So maybe the Bengals won't score yeah. as much. But like, it, like you said, this game we beat them in Jake Browning's first full start, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know much about him. He had a really rough game. The only reason he had any yards is because his receivers kept catching dropped interceptions from the Steelers. Like, it was pretty wild, right, for for that game to even be close. Since then, they've made things much easier for him. Zach Taylor's earned a lot of respect from me. I've never been a big Zach Taylor guy. I'm not saying he's, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of a sudden a top-five coach necessarily, but he's he's – earned a lot of respect for me because of the way he's managed this offense with all, even with all the playmakers to have a quarterback that wasn't drafted, that has been bouncing around for years. Like for him to do what he's doing right now is, is really impressive. So I just don't, I don't see how they can't be favored by even a little bit more just with the way they're playing. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think so as well. So there was an interesting line to me. I know it's at home. I know it's a must win. Everything's on the line for the Steelers this week. But considering how the Bengals have been playing, how Jake Browning has been playing, and you talked about Zach Taylor, like I think that I think that we we're probably a little bit too hard on Taylor. The fact that yeah. he's able to rally his team the way that they have so far with their backup quarterback, and now uh, eight and six record, and looking to advance to nine and six, and that would basically uh, give them a playoff spot as long as they can win one of their final two games on this uh, uh, of the season. They'd probably lock that up. Uh, maybe we're a little bit hard to him, uh, hard on him earlier on. Maybe it was, maybe he had a bigger impact on, on Joe Burrow than we thought even. And so yeah. uh, that's the line. This game 37 is the over under Shane. Sure. I made the mistake of during the Steelers Patriots game, taking under like 32 yeah. and a half. There's no way these two teams averaging 15 points and 12 points a game are going to get there. And, and they crushed it obviously. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to be one of these games, but it all depends on Rudolph, honestly. Like, I certainly think the Bengals can put up points on the Steelers because we talked about just the, the poorest defense that they have right now outside of their defensive line. Like, it's bad. Like, it's it's Joey Porter's the only guy, like, only non-defensive lineman that is respectable right now on this team, honest to goodness. And so uh, it, it could be a nightmare uh, for, for the Steelers to try to stop anything this week. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know which way I'd go on that. Um, I would take the over just because I think the Bengals should score like 30 points. They should. I'm not saying they <laughs> yeah. will. They should. They should drop 30 on us. They've done it to other teams. 
team's better mm-hmm. than our defense is right now with the, with the injuries. Like, obviously, it's a, it's a division game. It generally is pretty rough and tumble. Yeah. I just don't know if we got any rough and tumble left in us, Tommy. Like, I'll just be honest. That, that's you. that's the problem. We <laughs> might not. And we might 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 just we, simply yeah. don't have the personnel for it. But yeah. you talked about the divisional game, and I think that's what's keeping me from saying, yeah, I'm going to take the over because yeah. the Steelers have beat Lamar Jackson this year. They beat Deshaun Watson, yeah. and it's taken some bizarre circumstances. Yeah, anything obviously. can happen, but. Uh, and obviously they allowed 10 points last time to Browning. Yeah. Browning's gotten a lot better since then. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about some of the things to watch for uh, in this game before we give our keys and our predictions. Um, and we, we talked about the improvement that Browning made already. I've talked about this with, with Lee, from who is the editor of, of Stripe Hype, mm-hmm. and he's come a long ways right now. And that's why I said Joe Burrow light. Like a lot of things that he does remind me of Burrow. Like he's got the same build. I think he's smart in the pocket. Like there are a couple of times – uh, and I go back and watch some of these plays like blitz coming. Like he sidearms that pass out of there. I'm like, how did he not get sacked there? Cause I know three Steelers quarterbacks on this roster that take a sack in that situation 100% of the time. And so I've been impressed by what I've seen from him uh, it, over these last three games. And I do think he has the potential to put up one of these big performances, potentially like a 300 yard and two or three touchdown type of game against him this week. Yeah, I think it's totally possible, and I think it should be expected, honestly, if you're a Bengals fan. Yeah. Like, looking at the Steelers roster on defense right now, like, obviously you have to worry about the pass rush and can you can you block these guys well enough, but he's shown enough poise in the pocket for the most part to get the ball out quickly and to do what he needs to do, and I, I think they're going to game plan for that because Taylor knows if they go into this game and they just get the ball out quickly, there's nothing the Steelers can do about it. The corners aren't good enough outside of Joey. They could just pretend Joey doesn't exist. Like, just be like, yeah, that side of the mm-hmm. field doesn't exist, whatever. You know, like they, yeah. they, they could do that and get away with it. And I think they probably will for the most part, you know, obviously if there's a matchup they like or something, whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I think ultimately like that's going to be the game plans. They're going to try to throw the ball short for the most part. If they get a deep shot opportunity, great. But they're not going to worry about doing that because frankly, they don't have to. And just manage the game. If, if points come from that, great. If they, But they probably don't need many anyway, right? Like if they have a couple mm-hmm. drives or a couple short drives, they can get away with it because they have the other offense on the other side of the field, not really yeah. anything. Yeah, and you talked about that. I mean, he should tear them up. If you can find a team out there right now in its current state that is worse collectively at linebacker, cornerback, and safety right now, I'd love to know who it is. It, it does Because exist. if you talk to a fan outside uh, of the Steelers fan base, they wouldn't be able to name all but two guys in this group right now. It's probably Porter and Peterson. Like the rest of these guys are just, they're, they're Jags. And and, and so it, it's, again, they're put in really tough situations. These are great football players. Don't get me wrong. These, these NFL caliber players, like could never do what they do. Right. The Steelers are in a tough, yeah. tough spot. They aren't supposed to be playing right now. <laughs> no, you, you've got like seven or eight guys out uh, on that defense right now. And so yeah. uh, it just not the, not the roles that they were designed to play. Um, I want to talk about a matchup in this game and kind of just a, a guy on the Bengals that I think has just been one of the more underrated players in the league for a couple of years now is Trey Hendrickson. Yes, absolutely. Like, this guy does not get enough love. I know he's not a great run defender, but he is smooth as a pass rusher. He can get after the quarterback. He's got some bend. He's got, he's got pass rush chops and, and some quickness. And so 15 sacks for Hendrickson this, this, this year, he gets to go against Dan Moore this week. So there's something else that we don't love. So now we've got Mason Rudolph, a bit of a statuesque quarterback back there, Dan Moore protecting against Trey Hendrickson, who is third in the NFL in sacks, only behind TJ Watts and Daniel Hunter with 15 and a half. So he's he's right there still, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a sack away from the NFL lead. I think that Hendrickson could have a huge game this week if the Steelers don't offer a little bit of help. 
Yeah, he's he's my number one concern for for them because Mason is probably going to do a good job, like I said, protecting the football. He's not going to try to do too much. However, you can't do even that if you're on your back three times, right? Mm. Like, and we know Dan isn't good, right? We we know I th- I think someone called him Dan less in, in a tweet I saw the other day. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, no offense to Dan, like that's mean, but it is it's funny. But again, like we know he's not going to win that matchup, right? Like we, we can pretty much pencil that as loss. So you do have to help him in some way. Does that mean you keep Jalen Warren in the backfield more, which sucks because he's like the only guy who we can throw the ball to other than Deontay most of the time? Is it, you know, do you have to r- kind of run at him and try to wear him down a little bit so he can't get that pass rush off as much? Like I really don't, I don't know what the best game plan is against him because he's been on a tear mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And, we're just not equipped to deal with that. And like, it's good. DJ Reader's not in this game. I will say that for him being out because mm-hmm. that would be there. We would be, it would be over. I'll just be honest with you. Like there's no chance. <laughs> like Mason Cole would just get ragdolled 15 times a game and just, it would be over. So like that's beneficial. Yeah. That's beneficial, but you're right. Like Hendrickson is one of those guys who like, if we're just talking about a pure pass rusher this year, one of the f- at least five best, like that's just how it, like he's not the same complete player that some other edge players are, but still like you, we've seen some guys be just tears off the edge and pass rush and paid a lot of money to do so. Yeah. And guy, he's a guy that's in an era right now in the league yeah. with so many just premium oh, pass yeah. rushers that he often gets underlooked. Like I feel he like does. if he came into the league at a different time, he could have been one of those stars. He could have been one of those all pros potentially. And so he's missed out on a lot of those accolades because it is such a strong unit like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby. Like the, the NFL is loaded, right? It's a great time uh, for edge rushers in the NFL right now. He's one of them. Yeah. He's just probably a little bit lower than that group there. He's probably in that in that next tier, but a guy that doesn't get enough recognition and a guy that can definitely wreak havoc against the Steelers uh, this week. Let's talk about Mason Rudolph a little bit more here and kind of our expectations for him. Uh, Hasn't played more than one game in a season since 2019, where he filled in for the injured Ben Roethlisberger after having the elbow surgery. Uh, Rudolph was good enough in that season to help the Steelers aid them to an eight and eight record. I think he was uh, five and three as a starter and then duck played a little bit there. And so um, it's, I I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm, really tempering my expectations here though because i've seen games of mason rudolph where he can be checked down charlie yeah. uh, and, and kind of just stay in there go through his first read and then dump off the dump off the ball i want him to be kind of like big stones in the pocket type of rudolph where i'm slinging the ball down the field uh and making wise choices with it obviously you don't you don't want to hand the season away right from the get-go but if you are just going to check the ball down you will lose this game and you're not going to keep pace i don't think with this Bengals offense with the way that Jake Browning has been playing. Uh, I, I think that it's going to require a lot more than that. And if I had to put a number on it, Shane, probably like a 20 point game minimum, like it's, it's, it's going to require that of the Steelers to get this done this week, to give them, uh, give themselves a chance to stay alive uh, and, and not be eliminated. And so uh, I think that uh, I'll, I'll let you go and I'll see what you want to say. Uh, how do you think, what, what what's kind of your expectations for Rudolph and his first starts uh, since I can't remember what it was last year. I think it was, the Lions, it, was a, it was it was the Lions game in 2021. That's right. They tied. They tied. Yeah, the, the tie yes. to the Lions, which was a dreadful day. Um, <laughs> I uh, my expectations for him to play a clean game. 
I want him to play, play a clean uh, game where he doesn't turn the ball over more than once. You know, every, you might get one or two uh-huh. sometimes, but one turnover, especially if it's a bad one, like no more than that. I want to see him try to get the ball down the field like you talked about safely as best as you can. And we saw, like, especially – obviously it's preseason, but that deep ball to Calvin in the, in the preseason, if you remember, mm. that was – like he can throw the deep ball down the field accurately. So if he gets a chance, then I want to see him try it. Yeah. But, again, it's really just about you have to manage the game. Like, you have to win the time and possession battle against this team. You have to try to keep them off the field because their offense right now, even against teams that have better secondaries, better linebacker cores than us, which is, like you said, pretty much everybody, <laughs> uh, they've been able to move the ball on them and score points. Like, they, they mm. dropped a ton of points in the Colts last week before, like before we played them. Like, mm-hmm. it just – you need to try to maintain possession as much as possible, even if it means maybe you just get a couple of field goals every so often you don't get in the end zone. You have to keep the ball away from them. Yeah, I think, like I said, Shane, I think it's going to take some big plays. But you're right; you got to yeah. limit the risk. If the Steelers get a turnover in this game, if they lose the turnover battle, it's your toast. Like you're, you're not your offense isn't going to overcome losing the turnover battle. No, Rudolph is an interesting guy because obviously huge pocket quarterback, 6'5", 235. He looks the part. He does, he, he does look the part. He <laughs> looks I'll, the I'll part for sure. <laughs> if it makes any sense at all, he's got more throw power down the field than he has velocity. Like, I yes. don't think he's a guy that's great at like driving the ball, like on these corner routes no. or, or out routes, like putting it on a rope, but he can loft the ball up and throw it way down the field in stride, which we saw him to do to James Washington, who ended up leading their team in receiving in 2019 mm-hmm. when Rudolph was there. So I want to see the, the occasional go ball, but post and slants, please let those be your best friend this, this week. You have yeah. to utilize receivers after the catch because Rudolph on his own is not going to be good enough. Uh, to overcome all of the, the the things the Steelers need to overcome this week. So yeah. uh, please let that be their game plan, and hopefully he can uh, take care of the ball at the same time. Um, two other things I want to talk about here uh, in this matchup is things to look forward to. And I, I know that, I mean, kind of forget playoffs at this point. If we're, if we're yeah. being quite honest, I mean, yeah. the Steelers would have to win. They would have to win all three of their, their last games. Yeah, uh, And then even then, it could potentially come down to tiebreakers and the likelihood of them winning three straight games to close out the season is not very good. So if I just want to be, I do want to be positive here though, because it's all doom and gloom. A couple things to look forward to here. The rookie class. It's been awesome this season. I think fans are just excited about this group. Uh, Look for Broderick, Joey Porter uh, and Keanu Benton. Benton's a guy, which Mm -hmm. I don't know why his snaps have gone (laughs) down for like six straight weeks. Please let those snaps come back up again. Let him let us see what we have in this guy. I, I don't know. I don't um, know. So it, just just watch for their development potentially in this game. I just want to see. I, I want I want to see something to root for if not going into the playoffs. And then the only other thing Shane that I wanted to mention was T.J. Watt chasing that twenty sack mark. He needs four sacks uh, in the final three games. It's doable. It's not going to be easy. He probably needs like one of these games to be like a three sack performance or something. Yeah. Big here. So. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. And he's third in DPOY voting. I don't think he can get enough votes with the state of the Steelers. It is a team award in some sense, because if yeah. your team is really bad, like, and kind of like it, it go back to 2019, Watt was awesome in 2019 team finished eight and eight. Yeah. Uh, didn't get it. So same with, same with 2020 wasn't quite good enough. Um, although the record was better there and you could definitely make a case that Watt should have been the yeah, you could have made, made a case. I mean, Aaron Donald's hard to know. Aaron Donald, like every year, every, yeah, every but it, but 2020 was, uh, it was Stefan Gilmore. That's right. Yeah. So, Gilmore. so yeah, it's, it the... it's, I, I think Watt for sure over Gilmore, but you could always make a case for Donald and any year in his prime. Right. Uh, but chasing the 20 sack mark, 
third in DPOY voting. I don't think he gets DPOY, but I do, I do think that just another big milestone for his career. I mean, there are not many players that can get one 20 sack season, let alone multiple. And that's where Watt is headed, building on that Hall of Fame track right now. Anything else you wanted to add, Shane? Um, no, just the rookie class thing. I think you're right. I just want to see them continue to make strides. And uh, you definitely don't need to tell me about Keanu Benton's usage because you know how I feel about him. Um, so it would be, yeah. it's very Steelers, though, to draft a player that I desperately wanted them to draft and then be like, yeah, he's really good, <laughs> but I don't want to play him that much. It's like, all right, uh-huh. thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah, you you definitely hit it on Benton, Shane. Yeah. I wasn't quite as big of a Benton fan. My when Steelers drafted him, I was right on value. Yeah, uh, but yeah. there was a couple other guys that I liked in that range as well. But very, very pleased with the pick right now, and I think yeah. he does become that full time guy and, yeah. and probably turns into one of the top fifteen or so top uh, interior defenders in the league. Yeah, uh, let's talk about keys to success, and we'll sign off here. I know show's going a little bit long today. Uh, thank you for sticking with us if you're still Absolutely. here. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Matt, for the comments today. Absolutely. Um, Key to success on offense, Shane, uh, other than the obvious, is outscoring the Bengals. What do the Steelers need to do to come away with a win? I mean, I kind of touched on it, but time of possession is important. I personally okay. think the only like semi-realistic avenue to them winning the game and having it be because of the offense is you have to rush for like 200 yards. Like you have yeah. to have a monster day from Warren and, and Najee. Like they have to just brutalize the interior, mm-hmm. which with DJ Reader out is more possible the line has to oblige, but like that probably is the, the path to success on offense is just to pound the hell out of the ball. Like, let's just be honest about it. Like if they can't do that and they have to ask Mason to do more than mm-hmm. just kind of be there and, and do what is required of him to just play quarterback, it's probably not going to work, right? It's probably not going to yeah. be good enough. We've seen what that looks like when a quarterback just kind of does what he absolutely has to do. Mm-hmm. It gets you like 15 points. You're gonna need more than that. You're gonna probably need like a big breakaway run from Warren. You're gonna have to have a couple of drive where Notch just gets like ten yards of carry and drives you down the field. Like it's gonna take those guys, I think, carrying the team. To be honest with you, yeah, it's completely unreasonable to expect your third string quarterback in any yes. situation to come in and, and yeah. th- throw for two hundred eighty or three hundred yards. It's just not gonna happen, and nobody no. should expect that. No. Uh, Rudolph, the guy's put in a really t- tough spot here. So yeah, if, if the if the showing goes miserably. Don't come down too hard on him. He is, he is a backup quarterback yeah, after yeah. all. He's the, he's the last resort of this team because in a desperation move. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think it's got to start up front with the offensive line. But if that running game does not get going and just cruise to success this week, you're really going to struggle to find those points that you need. And who knows? I mean, the steel Pickett and Trubisky struggled so much in the red zone that who knows? Maybe, maybe Rudolph could be a slight uptick there. Uh, but can't expect too much of him uh, in his first game, first meaningful action since 2021. And so uh, running the ball, slamming it down their throats, you have to play bully ball in the trenches. It'll be a little bit easier to do without DJ Reader there. Yes, for sure. Uh, and so just come downhill hard and hit these guys. Uh, success on defense. Shane, uh, what do the Steelers have to do in this game? Uh, you have to get to Browning so fast that this safety yeah. and linebackers don't matter. That's, like that's, mm-hmm. I, I hate, I hate that so much. Cause it's impossible. Like it's just, it's cause the problem is everyone, including the Steelers, me and you probably the mailman know that they can't do anything <laughs> in the in the middle of the field. And the Bengals also know that. Right. So how yeah. do you get pressure so quickly that they can't throw like screens even? I don't know. But mm-hmm. again, like, if you can't get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable and make him question his reads, make him question what he's seeing, they're just going to dump the ball off in the middle of the field yeah. 40 times. And 
it sucks to say that because that's not how it's supposed to work in the NFL. You can't just get away with that stuff. But when Eric Rowe is maybe the best player in your safety room that's played safety <laughs> before, that's not good. Like, I, no mm-hmm. offense to him. Again, he's had a long career. He's been a good player. He was on our practice squad for a reason. You can't, you can't, you just can't expect that from them. So they're going to have to yeah. do some new stuff. I think Terrell Austin, considering the situation, if I was in the meeting room with him, I would look at him and be like, listen, man, you might want to bring seven every time. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. That might be because, like, it's it sounds insane. That might be the only thing you can do because you cannot mm-hmm. ask whoever, like Michael Walker, Blake Martinez, if he's playing. I don't even know if he's going to like whoever's playing linebacker, whoever's playing. You cannot ask them to legitimately cover almost anybody. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah. Like, you can't ask them to do it. You well, you sh- you are, but it's not going to work out. Let me put it that way. It it's just such a tough spot to be in defensively when you have nobody who isn't in your front four or one side of the field on corner who can do anything. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. No, you hit it. And I was going to say the exact same thing. I think the only right answer is you, you're going to have to blitz this game. Now you, you can, you can gauge it very early on and say, right. all right, are, are Watt and Highsmith killing it by themselves? And if that's right. the case, then maybe you can right. get away yeah. with, with, with blitzing every once in a while. Other than that, there you have no reason to trust the linebackers in coverage. They've been abysmal. I mean, just so I can't even speak to how bad they've been. And when I go back and watch the film these past couple of weeks, like that is just so glaring to me on film. It's like, yikes. Anybody that puts the Steelers film back on is like, I'm just going to target whoever Michael Walker and Mark Robinson are, are, are on because these guys are horrible in coverage. And so uh, the problem is the same could probably said with, most of the the back end of the defense at this point, you're going to be yeah. you're, might be asking Levi Wallace to play a lot in this game if you want to move Patrick <laughs> Peterson back there. Whatever you want to do, I just don't know. It, it, again, there's no right answer. There's nothing that's going to be good. You you are going to have to blitz. You do need to make that sure that pressure gets there in two two and a half seconds because you can't give Browning any more time than that. He will kill you in this game. I know he's not Josh Allen or Joe Burrow uh, or or Patrick Mahomes, but he can still kill you. And I, I think that we've seen that. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, he's done it against better defenses. He can do yeah. it against this one. So bring that heat as fast as possible. I think that's uh, going to be the key to success on defense this week. All right, Shane, we're going to sign off here in this long episode of the Steel Curtain Podcast with our game predictions for week 16. Uh, are the Steelers sent packing and, and start looking ahead until, until next season, or do they keep their hopes alive? So a part of me, despite everything we just talked about, this whole show we did, mm-hmm. an hour plus, of just how bad things are for this team, all the woe is me stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> part of me, and I'm not going to pick them to win. I'm just going to be very clear. So before I even give my prediction, but part of me, because of the way that this team has always functioned, the way that Tomlin has always functioned, I can imagine a scenario where they eke out a win against the Bengals at home. The mm-hmm. Seahawks coming off a high against the Philadelphia Eagles. They Maybe they win another game this week coming up. Maybe they, they, or you know, even on a higher pedestal at that point, maybe Gino's back despite Drew Lock playing pretty well, and they're just riding high and they're just overconfident, right? We go out there, we find a way to beat yeah. them, and then it comes down to week 18, and the Ravens don't need to play for anything. They have the one seed locked up, which I think is going to be the case when it's all said and done. Lamar doesn't need to get hurt because he doesn't want they don't want him to have to deal with that again after finally play, being mm-hmm. healthy all year. He sits, you get Tyler Huntley, you get whoever the hell's playing running back for them at that point in time. Like maybe you can eke out that win too. And somehow the cards fall and Tomlin can say, well, we made the playoffs. We did it. I don't think it's going to happen, but part of me is worried that it will because yeah. what, guess what's going to happen this offseason? Nothing. 
Nothing, Nothing. will change that. So I'm just going to throw that out there in the world. I'm hoping that I'm wrong about that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I hate to root against this team, but <laughs> it might be for their own good at this point. Yeah. My prediction, though, I have Bengals winning 27 to 14. I think it's going to get ugly. I do think Mason will play better than Mitch. I just don't think this offense is capable of scoring 20 points at this point. Mm-hmm. It's. I think we're going to be hoping for Kenny to be back next week just to give her, just to give ourselves a little bit more of a chance in the rest of the games. Yeah, I mean, the scenario you just laid out, Shane. <laughs> it, feels, can, it feels possible, doesn't it? That is so Pittsburgh Steelers football <laughs> right there. Where it's like, oh, you're you're up and you're down, you're up and you're down, and then you finish just above 500, <sighs> and uh, you, yeah. you come right into that playoff hunt. You're right, though. If yeah. if that were to happen, and they were to play out those three games, they go in just like that, and they squeak out wins these last three games, I could see a scenario where they run it back and say, one more time, one more time. Yeah, we you, you got we one more year contract, Tomlin. We, we, we did it. We, we yeah. got you guys. We're going to do it again. And I think I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And so that's why we say, we again, Shane and I don't root against the Steelers. We're big Steelers fans. Uh, we, we, we love this football team, but we also care about the future of this team. And I think yes. that it does need to go in a different direction. I think that that's been abundantly clear uh, as time has gone on. Uh, having said that, I'll give my predictions. I do not see the Steelers having the ability to score enough in this game. I, I just really is. don't. I know they held yeah. the Bengals to 10 last time with Browning. I think he's grown a lot uh, since then, in, since week 11. I think that, I, I, like I said, I think the, the, the magic number is 20. If you can get to 20 or higher, I think the Steelers will have a chance. I just don't. There's no reason at all. <laughs> Given us no reason to believe score it. 20 points. I mean, you have to go back five weeks for them to score 20 points in a football game. And I just don't think it's going to happen with their third string quarterback. I think it's just a desperation move. Rudolph has not had a lot of time to prepare. I have the Steelers losing this game 20 to 16. I do think that the defense puts up a little bit better fight. I think that just knowing that this is the do or die game, uh, they're going to give it what they got, but I just don't know how those parts are going to come together at linebacker at safety. You're right. It could be way worse. It could be in the thirties and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I do think, though, that this is a team that is at least fired up knowing that we are done. If we lose this game, it's over. We are over. we are essentially done. And so uh, I have 20, uh, 20 to 16 Bengals uh, in this contest. If you guys have a game prediction, uh, let us know. Drop it in the chat for us. Um, I believe I'm going to be off next week uh, for a Christmas holiday for the company, uh, but I'll be back in the new year. Um, Shane, are you doing a show next week or are we just skipping one? Um, I should be able to do a show next week. I should at least be around to do one for if we're able to. Okay. So I'll, I'll probably be on at least to talk a little, even if it's a short one, just to recap how things went. So, all right. So if I'm not here next week, Shane will be with you, right? Um, and we'll go from there. But we're usually live every single Wednesday at 1:30 p.m. Eastern time. We also do a recap show on Tuesday at the same time, 1:30 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch those both live. Uh, Thank you for joining us today on the show. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. And thanks for listening to the Still Curtain podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.